0: There was an idea,
1: Ramamu. I come to bargain.
2: Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Baskin Robbins always finds out.
1: I'm the faster bait. Are you Tony's stank?
2: I am Iron Man. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, a movie where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie. My name is Eduardo, and I have joined today a cantankerous crew of Mechanical Menaces (laughs) to, to speak on the beginning of phase two iron man three before we do any of that i want to say thank you we did all of phase one we had a bonus episode we did two avengers episodes and you stuck with us and for that we love you And thank you so much for listening. We really, actually, really, really appreciate it. We appreciate all the support we've gotten so far. And rest assured, we're going to be chugging along through Phase 2 and Phase 3 and then Phase 4 and then TV shows. And then basically this podcast is going to go as long as the MCU goes on. So as long as there's MCU, we'll be there. But joining me on the show today, as always, on every single podcast, or honestly... I'm surprised he isn't just sitting right next to me because that's how much time we spend together, even though we're not in the same room. It's Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man?
1: That's exactly why I'm not sitting next to you, we're not <laughs> in the same room. <laughs> That's part of that's, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot easier for me to sit next to you if I were there. Hi.
2: That's, that's a good point. A good I like
1: point. that you went for double alliteration this time. You
2: you got a little C's in there. You got a little M's in there. Yeah, man. We're going to yeah. build off of it. It's going to be a process. I'm growing just as yeah. the show is growing.
1: You're a, a great grower, guy.
2: <laughs> that's not true. I Actually, no, it. let's not talk
1: about that. We don't need to you talk about that.
2: Also joining Be us the sound, the sound Lord himself, who held it down for us last week, along with Mrs. Soundlord and Sound Lord Luigi. Oh,
3: poor Danny. Chris, M- what's up man? Mia <laughs> Oh. God, I'm just recovering from that. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks to my brother and and my lovely wife for uh, kind of running things last week uh, for our bonus episode. It was a lot of fun. It was a great show. You guys did awesome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we had a good time making
2: yeah. it. I especially liked every time you mentioned me. Yeah, that was that was a lot.
3: <laughs> did you did you <laughs> yeah <appreciate>, well <laughs> did you appreciate Angela's impression of you at the beginning? I appreciate. She, she literally was like, hey, what's up, guys. <laughs> That's what I was just gonna say. Her
1: her Eduardo is spot on. Yeah, it's spot yeah. on.
2: It's it's fantastic. You can't. I, I agree. That Eduardo was gone that week. Really. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, writer for all things assembly required and squad up. Robbie is here. Robbie, what's going on, buddy? Uh, I am just surrounded with bottles of water
0: and food for days and all of my belongings because I am riding out a hurricane that's not coming anywhere near me.
3: Good, good, good. Hey, I bet there are people that are in the path of the hurricane that aren't nearly as prepared as you, so good job.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'm prepared for the next hurricane that will yeah. also not hit me.
3: Hey, pace to plan ahead.
2: Yeah. There you yeah. go.
0: Yeah.
3: Now you don't
2: have to scramble. Anyone wants peanut butter? Yes. I do love peanut always. butter. <laughs> always so we finished uh, avengers we finished all of phase one we we sort of closed the book on phase one and we've opened the new book that is phase two starting off with what we're going to be talking about today iron man three so iron man three is an important movie because it opens up phase two it's sort of i want to say that the first phase of marvel was um was a concept right and the, the concept was proven by the end of it with the Avengers. So phase two is really important because it felt like in phase two, they were given the opportunity to take a little bit more risk, right? They were given at least a little bit more room to take some chances and really do something different with those movies. Not all of them are winners, but they at least tried to do something different. This movie is not an exception to that. This movie tries to be different from, from the movies that came before it whether it's successful or not remains to be seen. Um, But it does do a a good job of sort of setting itself, setting itself apart. Um, John Favreau, Favreau, I always say it wrong.
3: I think you you want to say it,
0: buddy. Not the plug it's on Twitter (laughs) one. No,
3: no, the The director. Call him Johnny F. Happy. Um, Mr. Hogan. Happy to (laughs) you. (laughs) Uh, Hope uh, happy
2: movie, um, <laughs> um, i'm sorry happy declined to direct the movie i read the notes completely wrong uh though he stayed as an executive producer robert downey jr brought in shane black the director for kiss kiss bang bang um now the, the film uses the 2000-2006 iron man comic story about the extremis virus you know, extremists, that thing, the, the virus that we have, and then we don't hear about for the rest of the MCU. Right. I can't, I can't do this, you guys. Dude, I can't. You have to be objective for the I intro. I can't do this. Everybody listening, <laughs> you need to know from the beginning that I don't like this movie, <laughs> and I apologize if <sighs> any of the negativeness seeps out here from the beginning, but I be fair, am not a
0: fan of this movie. To be fair, you heard plenty about Extremis if you watched Agents of Shield. That's
3: true.
2: That is a good point, and I, I did watch Agents of Shield because it you does. You're right. You're it. right. It does come back in the series that has since been abandoned, like
3: as if it doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> you just made Chris sad.
3: Still not as abandoned as Daredevil. <laughs> Somebody take over the intro. <laughs> Somebody take over. All right, so the. <laughs> Phase two was exploring the post Avengers universe. Oh gosh, we have superheroes, we have Avengers, and now we have movies that are solo movies without the rest of the Avengers. And it was going to be a lot of fun to see how they made that work. And I remember they had already signed on Joss Whedon to do Avengers: Age of Ultron, so he actually had sort of a an executive. I don't know if he was officially an executive producer on all the Phase two movies, but he did meet with all of the directors and writers to make sure that it was building up to Age of Ultron the way that he wanted it to, uh, which it, which was kind of new for them. As you said, Jon Favreau decided not to direct this one as he had directed Iron Man 1 and 2. He still stayed on to be Happy Hogan and an executive producer. Shane Black, who Robert Downey Jr. had worked with and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, came in to write the script along with Drew Pierce, and then Shane Black also did end up directing it as well. There we go. I got you. Boom. We're
2: in there. We've talked enough about the movie or about the production of the movie. Let's move into the actual movie. Let's move into the meat and taters of this discussion. <laughs> movie <laughs> opens 1999. I was eight years old. Stop. In
3: Why would you say <laughs> and, that, us?
2: And I'm the same age as Eduardo.
1: But and <laughs> the movie opens with Eiffel 65. Yeah,
0: y'all. y'all. Listen that is a good I'll hear The story. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: That is actually what my first note was. Uh, my first note was, I thought it was odd that Tony was narrating, and then right after that was, and then I laughed when Blue began.
1: Yes. Can we can um, we somehow work Blue into oh. the podcast? Is that possible? Oh, can I make yeah, a small possible. sound request?
2: Wishes <laughs> just come true. Mm-hmm. So the movie opens 1999 in Zurich, Switzerland. Tony Stark meets botanist Maya Hansen. This pretty little thing that he's talking about. Um, she's got this project about regenerating damaged plant-
3: <laughs> plants. I don't know why I said that. I don't either. <laughs> she's a scientist.
2: But it's unstable and results in explosions. She's a scientist, but he continues to objectify her. Oh, yeah. So, in the context of the movie, it fits. Um, Stark also meets a disabled uh aldrich killian who kind of looks like the butler from scary movie 2 (laughs) it's my strong hand
1: (laughs) i didn't make that connection but he kind of does at that point of the movie god he
2: does up dude it's a you know what he does have a huge glow up so like good for him but also he is rough in the beginning of the movie he had a literal
3: glow up really
2: (laughs) extremist does wonderful things yeah Um, can can I bring back thing. up real
3: quick? I do want to point yeah. out, sorry, we, we just glossed it over, but there was a brief cameo at the beginning from Mr. Ho Yin Sen. Yes. Yep. Yes. That's true. It was uh, the, when, in Iron Man when he said, oh, you know, I met you once in uh, 1999 at a conference in Bern. In Wait, are we in Bern and
0: not in Zurich? Oh, you're oh,
3: right. Zur- We're in Bern. Okay. I, okay, now I'm, now I'm like concerned. Did I get that wrong?
0: No,
1: you're right. You're right. Okay.
3: Oh, the important I'm thing sure is the
1: continuity is fine or you'd win a no prize. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> the important thing is yeah. they mentioned that, uh, they mentioned that that initial meeting and how Tony could not remember it because he was drunk. And then we actually do see it in this movie. It was just a nice fun surprise. One of those callbacks that peaches always likes to I the Marvel callback. Yeah.
2: Um, Tony Stark begins what I think is a series of him being an absolute douche Here he goes, uh, where he tells Killian that he's going to meet him on top of the roof and then he just doesn't show up um, because, you know, that's what you do to people. You just tell them you're going to be somewhere in the middle of the night on New Year's but, and then you just don't show but up. But at this point, he is a douche. That's like that's like the point. This is pre yeah, Iron Man Tony. But,
1: but does he ever yeah. stop? He does eventually. And you know that. <laughs> he literally I, I saves can't... the world. <laughs> I can't, I can't fully disagree with you on this one because I feel really bad for Killian in the beginning. Oh yeah, of the yeah. Movie. Like, and I think that's the point. You're supposed to feel bad for him, and it is, it is a very shitty thing to do, though. Like, I know you're trying to get it, Tony, but this guy clearly is just like kind of your fan. Sure, and absolutely. Trying to, you know, fund this project that he's passionate about, and you could have just been like, "Fuck off!" But instead, <laughs> instead.
3: You put him on the roof.
0: And created a supervillain. So,
3: and what is the theme right. of the MCU lately if not Tony Stark accidentally creates supervillains by pissing them off? Right. Oh, no, well. you're not wrong. And that was basically the story of Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs>
2: That's a good point.
3: Wait, um, what? star Far From Home revolved around Iron Man, actually? Okay, well. I'll back off a little bit. <laughs> hey, Stark you don't, don't have to worry about that Ryan anymore, Man. Robbie. now we're all stark
2: and hansen have a one-night stand with stark leaving her a note in the morning and we fast forward um to 2012 stark is shown suffering from anxiety and ptsd over the battle of new york which happened in avengers which we just covered um stark is obsessed with creating suits you see him he does that really cool scene where he has all the 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 parts flying at him and then he flips in the air as the mask comes in and he like lands with his fist on the ground that's super cool Um,
1: Ooh, that's a good scene. Mm-hmm.
2: And then Stark's obsession with creating these suits is causing friction with Pepper Potts. Now, we need to talk about the Pepper Potts. Would, this isn't even a note in the movie or in our in our show notes. We have to talk about it because my wife and I share this opinion that I know the dais that I have assembled here does not share. <laughs> in that we don't think Pepper Potts and Tony Stark have any chemistry, like at all zero chemistry the two of can them you, do not have chemistry can you
1: define what chemistry is supposed to be for a, a, for two I people i don't think i do not think you
2: can i think okay, chemistry then then is, you can't say that they don't have it i think if it works differently for it. each person because of chemistry to me i have to feel it i feel chemistry between characters i feel the chemistry between certain characters and i don't feel them with others i felt the chemistry between agent carter and um and Captain America, I felt that chemistry. I did not feel. I do not feel chemistry with Pepper Potts. And you don't in Tony this Stark. Movie
1: or you don't like at all.
2: I don't at all. I don't find their relationship genuine part of it. And I will be honest, and I'll say it from the top here. I am starting to realize I don't actually like Tony Stark all that much. Um, I think he's just kind of mean. And I'll talk about it more as we get into the movie. But I just think he's he's sort of. Like he's, he's like fun, and like he does something mean, and then he makes a fun joke about it, and then we're like, oh, he made a funny joke, so that mean thing he just did, we can all kind of move past.
1: Okay, as a resident bumbling idiot, because Tony and I have that in common, is that when we get flustered, we're bumbling idiots, okay? I, I think what he's trying to do in every scene with Pepper, in most scenes with Pepper, and, and there's definitely scenes where you can see good chemistry, like the one that we talked about in Avengers, when you're introduced to Iron Man in that movie is that I that I know you did. And it doesn't make sense to me, but, but beyond that, like Tony, as we've discussed is a very specific type of way. And he's working, his character works towards being a different kind of way. He starts off and continues for a long time to be douche Lord. And he works his way towards a more selfless, like companion centered human being. And when he has, these conversations with pepper it's not that he's like being an asshole and then, and he says something funny. So we're cool with it. He is, he is becoming a bumbling idiot because he knows how to be one way, but he doesn't know how to talk to her properly because he actually cares about her and he doesn't know anything else. So he's, he's struggling to talk to her in a way that he thinks will work because he knows that she's not about his shit. Like, she's not going to fall for his playboy one-night stand stuff. So he's trying to come up with some sort of deflection with jokes or whatever it is he's trying to do. I don't see how there's how you don't see any chemistry at all. That blows my mind.
2: I think I can understand their motivations and still think that they don't have chemistry. I can understand what the character is, what their, what the intention is, what I'm supposed to feel, but I don't feel it. I'm sorry you're unfeeling i have no feelings towards it i don't i'm
1: sorry i don't know who's gonna back who up here on this one but oh no i'm, I, I'm I just, definitely with it's very clear
2: where everyone is yeah, I, am, I, am.
0: Up. <laughs> I don't think it's like you know cinema's greatest romance but oh like, yeah but i definitely buy tony stark's emotions for pepper pots the inverse yeah. i don't know but
2: i don't buy tony stark's
1: emotions for anybody but tony stark I mean, every time that he's in a dangerous situation, okay, I should stop saying every time, because I'm not trying to, you know, statistically be wrong. But a lot of times where he is in imminent danger, Pepper is the first first person he thinks about or calls. Mm-hmm. When they're having those conversations, it ends with them comforting each other or being playful with each other or whatever it is that they're doing. Like I I don't see how there there's no no vision of chemistry there. It's just maybe not the kind that you would have with the person that you are in love with it, that's, or that
2: might be true but i mean i think that's what i think there should be some sort of relatability to it i think maybe that's the problem i don't find tony stark a relatable character to me and well, so what you i have to
0: do
1: is you need to become an you asshole need to, you need to start being an asshole and you need to found <laughs> a weapons manufacturing company <laughs> inherit. become a billionaire yeah okay <laughs> inherit become a billionaire start messing around with other women and then
0: and then you can understand Woo! all this it's just that simple
2: all of that made me cringe. Just Same. Same, actually. We need to move on before we go down a black hole because there's plenty more that We're I'm going to have to say hole. negative about this movie. All right, let's move hole. on. <laughs> Uh, So um, a no longer disabled Killian. We see him. He's got that glow up. He goes to see Pepper. He puts the moves on her a little bit. He's like, ooh, check out this thing. Look at my brain. Come stand in my brain with me. And uh, Happy gives a call over (laughs) to Tony. And he's like, hey, look at man. This woman, your woman, she's standing in somebody else's brain right now. Like, you got to (laughs) come down here and handle your business. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Tony's like, come on, just take care of it. Like, I trust Pepper, whatever. Um, and then we see uh, a terrorist known as the Mandarin hijack TV feeds, and he shows some really like scary stuff, which I also didn't put this in the notes, but this continues with the whole sort of 9-11-y terrorist-y yes. theme oh, very much. that started with the first Iron Man. Like this has always been like a I guess Iron Man 2 didn't have it as much, but this one really like zooms back into the whole like terrorism and iron man is an american hero who fights terrorists and is a sort of figure well and we'll talk about this
0: in this episode not in a future episode in this episode (laughs) um one of the things with the mandarin was as they were making the iron man films is like well we have to have the mandarin the mandarin is iron iron man's nemesis but also how do we have the chinese mystic weirdo kind of racist dude in an iron man movie Uh, and so i thought that this was a very good background that i bought right away that okay yeah this is how you do the Mandarin he's his origin is kind of nebulous and he's just a terrorist leader like that fits it fits the character and it fits the the universe we've made and it fits with the the whole Ten Rings um, terrorism thing we had in the first film so it really worked out and then that just meant I got you know hit with a left hook I never saw as the movie went on but we'll uh-huh. get to that
3: yeah it's it's really interesting <clears throat> how directly the iconography borrows from bin laden like Mm -hmm. to make it like specifically like specifically like he kind of dresses like him um but but not so much that he seems like a different racist caricature either i mean they they clearly they were trying to avoid the racist caricature that in the wrong hands the mandarin character could be if you look at from the comics and they also were avoiding the mystic nature of the mandarin where he has 10 magical rings so he's now the terrorist leader of a group called the Ten Rings, and I think we'll see the Ten Magical Rings soon enough. <laughs> but uh, but it wouldn't have really made sense in an Iron Man movie the way that Iron Man movies had been defined right. up to this point. Right. Uh, even yeah. even with the Avengers having happened, they were trying to make sure that an Iron Man Iron Man Three still felt like an Iron Man movie, which is more right. grounded than say the Thor movies. Uh, but it was interesting, and I and I. He has that line about fortune cookies, and, and he has that, that it's like a really hard-to-place accent. It's kind of hard to tell if it's even anything specific, or if it's just, I sound scary. I sound different, <laughs> and you're afraid of me. Um, but he has that line about fortune cookies are not Chinese. They're an American invention. And I was wondering if that was like a nod to the Mandarin from the I, comics. I definitely yeah. think it was. Yeah. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, and and do you notice he has a a Captain America shield tattooed on the back of his neck?
2: Oh, I did not. Yeah. Notice that. I did not notice yeah. that.
3: Just and they're just grabbing from all this. You know, that would be a very recognizable icon in the Marvel world as it is now, and in, in our world too. But in the Marvel universe, <laughs> that is a very loaded symbol. So that the terrorist takes that symbol as well. You know, it, it, it really, they're just cribbing from all these different things to make this nebulous, nondescript, scary terrorist leader.
2: So huh. the the Mandarin attacks and bombs. Uh, he's sort of been had been bombing for a while. He'd been bombing a few places. At least he had been taking credit for the bombs. Um, but the bombs left no residue. There was no evidence of there being a bomb. But places had still been exploded. And to combat this, the president rebrands War Machine. As the Iron Patriot. This new <laughs> This new hero for America. Uh, and, Peaches, uh, you don't like the Iron Patriot? I'm
1: thumbs downing for the for all y'all that aren't in this private video conference <laughs> with the four of us. Um, you're lost. No, sp- okay, so this is this is not a this is not a movie thing. This is not a comics thing. This is just a Peaches specific thing. I don't know why, but like my entire life I've just been really put off by like wearing the american flag on your person like i won't get shirts with like american flags on them or anything like that i don't know why it just bothers me and so for them well (laughs) that and i I just think it's i just think in most cases it's tacky i don't know what it is i don't know why i'm like that and so when they they deck out war machine in the new colors and he's a flying flag like i just think it looks tacky that's all so here's
0: what's interesting and this may be, since the movie needs to exist on its own, this doesn't necessarily change your point. Um, and I don't necessarily know which of you guys already know this, but the Iron Patriot is from the comics. But the Iron Patriot in the comics is one Norman Osborn, who oh. yes, <laughs> who steals Iron Man's tech, creates an armor, and it is intentionally schlocky pro- pro-America crap. It is intentionally Captain America the Iron Man suit. Because he's trying to become a symbol to get in with the the United States government. And um, Chris, I don't know, can you remember, who did Iron Patriot take on? He becomes a Dark Avenger.
3: Yeah, he's a Dark Avenger. who did he... Did he fight off the scrolls? Oh, I, I don't he, remember. He
0: fights off some invasion or something to basically win over the hearts of America. Did Dark Are Avengers he... follow up Secret Invasion? Is that... I believe so, yeah. Okay,
3: then that's probably what it was.
0: So... That that whole that iconography is intentionally supposed to be, uh, campy and weird because it is literally a psychopathic bureaucrat doing what he thinks will make him popular, um, and to a degree he's correct. But um, well, they nailed
1: campy. What
0: mm-hmm. they nailed campy. Yes, I absolutely. Now it works weird in this movie because in this movie, they were just saying, "Well, we got to have the Iron Patriot in the MCU because the Iron Patriot was actually a very you know popular thing believe it or not Norman Osborn having Iron Man armor was really popular and hilarious but um and kind of scary so mm-hmm. they needed to have the Iron Patriot in the movies and they didn't know how to do it because obviously at this point they didn't really have access to certain characters um yeah and now once again they don't have access to certain characters so <laughs> so this is what they did it was just a <clears throat> nod to this comic book um character, I don't and necessarily disagree to, with you that it ends up being weird in this movie. Although I also think it kind of works in this movie. Like, in this movie, he's serving the same thing of, look, we're America, we're gonna stop the Mandarin with our patriotism. I don't yeah. think you're supposed to think it's it's cool. I think you're supposed to think it's campy and weird.
3: Oh, the whole point, War Machine lost.
0: Well, Iron Man thinks
1: it's lame. Yes. Iron Man thinks it's lame, so... I don't know. He
0: might not be the only
1: one. So
2: remember, I remember when...
0: Go ahead. Oh, I, I just remember when this movie came out, I was like when they had the iron patron was really excited. Like, Oh, did they find a way to have Norman Osborn in the MCU? And then, then it wasn't in any way.
2: So remember when Pepper and Killian were standing in his big old brain, happy. Didn't like that too much. So he followed Killian's assistant, uh, Savin to the Chinese theater where he's making some sort of shady drug deal with this, uh, retired veteran who we find out is a veteran and, um, gets confronted by by this gentleman, not the veteran, but Savin himself, and the veteran takes some what looks like some drugs, he takes a huff of something, and then explodes. Um, happy ends mm-hmm. up getting very, very injured, um, and Tony Stark is not happy about this. Now, here is my first big problem with this movie. At any point, If you were, like, gonna go after someone, why would you give them your home address? I just don't, like, I understand contextually what it's supposed to be. Like, yeah, I'm not afraid of you. Like, come find me. But also, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, think about what what Liam Neeson is, right? Like, Liam Neeson calls the bad guy, and he's like, I don't know who you are, but I will find you. Not like, (laughs) I don't know who you are. My my address is 899 (laughs) pleasant circle. (laughs) Come find me. <laughs> <laughs> I I just find it so dumb. Like, why? Are you? You saying might be
0: that you think it's weird that Tony Stark made a mistake in a Marvel movie based on his bravado and arrogance.
2: <laughs> I I guess, but not such a big one.
3: Like, this is like a really stupid. I have I have two questions. Okay. One. Do you think he's famous enough that people knew where his house was anyway?
2: Yes. I guess probably, but then if that
3: was the case, how come
2: people hadn't bombed it before?
3: Well, that's the thing is that he's, I mean, go back to the beginning of Iron Man 2 when he's like, are we in the the longest uh, longest stretch of peace ever? Thanks to me. He's he's very much thinking I can handle anything. I haven't met someone who can go toe-to-toe with me on my best day. And I think he's going through that, and we'll, you know, he's got that PTSD from the, uh, the Battle of New York and clearly he's not healthy because we see him staying up, he, he can't get sleep, and then he comes out and threatens a terrorist on TV, which he does Im- immediately regret, because one of my favorite lines is when he's working on something and the doorbell rings and he says, seriously, are we still on Ding Dong? We're supposed to be on Total Security Lockdown. Come on, I threatened a terrorist. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Where he's like, clearly, it's like probably <laughs> one of those things. He threw the guy's phone, drove away, and goes, "What the hell did I just do?" <laughs> yeah,
1: I agree with you, Eduardo. I it's you might find it weird that there are a lot of the negative points. Um, I guess not negative, but whatever you want to call these, sure. dragging the movie down points, sure. Uh, that you might have. I do agree with a good portion of them. I just at the end of the movie don't care that much, but I think that. Him giving out his address is just a, a cocky reflex, uh, and it might have been, you know, six stages too far of a cocky reflex. Um, I I don't think it was a smart move, but I think I think the Sound Lord has a point there where, they probably knew where he lived already anyway, and so we think it was, it was the. Probably-
2: It was the threat that did it, not
3: necessarily the giving of his address. Man got himself involved with the Mandarin now, which he had not been before.
1: Yeah. And I I think the threat gave them an opportunity to go, okay,
0: sure, we'll come visit. You know, like they could have at any time. Which is shockingly bold, by the way. My question about all this is just them just open bright lights a day sending military helicopters to blow up a dude's house. That's... That that feels a little bit more extreme than I think the Ten Rings really felt like otherwise in the film.
2: Yeah, it's felt a lot less low key, right? Like right. they had seemed right. to be like a small like band, right. and then all of a sudden they had like attack helicopters yes. and were like blowing like at like it's it, it Snipers, almost seemed out of nowhere.
0: Bombs mailed to his house, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Helicopters right. with missiles, like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, but nonetheless, the Mandarin's men attack Tony's house. They blow all kinds of shit up. He gets met there uh, just beforehand by uh, by Hanson, and she's in the middle of this kerfuffle. Uh, her and Pepper end up making it out. They end up being it safely. Tony ends up saving her with the armor, which is the first... Um, That's a- it's the first nod that we get to um, rescue it's, it's kind of what sparked people being like, oh, we, we want to see Rescue in the MCU now because they saw Pepper in the armor. And so we end up getting that payoff over end Endgame. Now, the, the the whole thing falls. Um, Iron Man falls with the wreckage. He passes out, but the suit rescues him. Now, Peaches. Hi. We talked about how the suit <laughs> went on to Pepper and saved her, and then it went back to Tony. At what point did the suit start working for just anyone
1: <laughs> yeah that's so that's that's going to be one of my like this is weird but at the end of the movie i don't care situations but it's it's still weird because they have that whole scene that we already talked about where he's dancing around and testing out his suit coming to his body parts that he has very distinctively injected himself with like some sort of reader for what part is supposed to go to where right he's got it on both forearms i assume he also did it everywhere else that he has suit parts, right? They probably didn't show him stabbing himself in the forehead with a needle or in the crotch or whatever, but he probably did. And then he calls the suit and it attaches to Pepper, which is cool. And But maybe, I don't know, I feel like Robbie or Soundlord have a better chance of having caught the dialogue that I maybe missed. But is there any point where no. they distinct, there's not, where they're distinctly like, he no, can I had the same problem. Goes to I,
0: I, you and I feel very similar about this film to the point that we have similar enjoyment of the film and also yeah. the similar problems with. And I and I had this even well, in Iron Man Two and didn't bring it up, but like it was never. And and obviously War Machine is in the comics, but in the film universe, it's never explained. He doesn't have an arc reactor. Well, how is he powering the suit? Like what what's he doing with this suit here? And I had the same thing with this. All sure. of a sudden, everyone in this movie's got the suit. Well, what what? what? Well, okay, so
1: the arc reactor thing doesn't bother me that much because he could have, and he didn't, for the rescue armor. So, or for the for the mark was it 82? 42. 42. mark forty two. Sorry, right, I knew it but that ended was specifically
0: in after they'd removed that from his his character. Yes. I think well, what suits about, can um...
1: exist without the arc reactors, and that's fine. I'm just more, I'm I'm weirded out by the fact that he is technically still in like testing phase right. of this suit of armor right. and then it covers pepper entirely and then even more so it's weird to me that when he gets pulled into the ocean by the wreckage of his house that his glove is able to detach from his arm grab his other hand and have right. enough thrust to pull him out right of the that's wreckage. not how physics work
0: mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and i know is...
1: it's a movie this is like a, a, a super nitpicky over analysis of that scene but it's, it's like the suit is just kind of its own weirdness right. that you have to just kind of ignore it. Or it does or it right. <laughs> would ruin the movie by not making any sense at all.
0: Yeah. Do I sound crazy? No, I agree. It's not gonna make me feel like Eduardo, but I agree. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, See, I, same. I guess I was under <laughs> the impression that he had started building arc reactors into the suits at this point. Sure, possibly. Yeah. Give me one one line of dialogue explaining that and then that kind of removes the
0: specialness of the character which is you know he's got this thing in his chest and he uses that to also have super powered armor
2: but... does he have an arc reactor on in a uh, civil war and age of? No, because at
1: that point at that point he would have been building them into the suit right. because he got it removed from yeah. the right. chest
2: but was did he still have one on or just he just didn't have anything there he
3: was i think he had one that he could wear that like the suit could either attach to or come out of, like like in um. Sure. We need to bring in this Infinity up because I can't even
2: think of it. I want to know if he is wearing it because it'd be like the world's most expensive gold chain that he's <laughs> <Right>? wearing because <laughs> yeah. it's just like an accent piece <laughs> at this point. The turnover chain. Right. Don't but do on that. <laughs> the, the, the suit saves Tony, nonetheless. Somehow, and he ends up in rural Tennessee. Good old Rocky. Oh,
3: why? Why are you uh, doing this to woo!
2: me today? <laughs> where a uh, or a similar explosion um, to the Mandarin attacks, but not credited to the Mandarin attacks, occurred. He had already done some research about this, about the attacks, because he had been looking into what happened to Happy. Uh, The suit loses power. Tony gives a call over to Pepper. He's like, hey, look, I'm safe, but I need to stay away from you to keep you safe, which makes sense since you gave out your address and put her in danger in the first place, but good for you. Um, He meets 10-year-old Harley. Sweet, innocent Harley. The nicest kid. Literally just the nicest kid. Couldn't be any nicer. At one point, he's like, my dad went to go get lottery tickets, and... You I know, guess he won. I, I guess, he, won. I guess he won because he hasn't been back in how many years? I think it's like ten years. ago. Uh, I and guess he Tony... won. That was six months ago. <laughs> and Tony looks at this kid and he goes, "Dad's leave, man. You don't have to be such a pussy about it." He's what? Okay, you can like this movie, but this part is just gross. Like it's, it's, it's the worst. Not necessarily he doesn't know how to relate to people.
3: Not necessarily defending that exact choice of words from Tony Stark, but I, the fact that the way the kid phrases it, it when he says, "Well, where, where are your mom and dad?" He goes, "Well, mom's at work, and my dad went to go buy lottery tickets, and I guess he won because that was six months ago." Uh, the fact that the kid is a joking about it, I mean, because you don't tell it that way if you're. I mean, yeah, he's sad. He's clearly very sad about it. But you either, you either, you don't say it that way if you're wallowing about it. You're, you're A, getting through it with humor, and B, he's laying it on thick because he's trying to play up the whole, I'm an innocent little boy thing. Uh, And I, I think it's fun, personally. I, so, I wouldn't necessarily call the guy pussy, but, you know, that's... I think that that, I don't
1: have any, okay, this is... I don't want to sound like an 80 year old man who doesn't like the word fart. Okay. Say, sorry, Robbie, say fart all you want. But I, but I, but I, but I think that like pussy is an insult in, uh, in a movie in general, but specifically in an MCU movie where it's, you know, trying to be a more family friendly experience for the most part. It's just such a weird choice. I felt that way about Venom, even though Venom wasn't actually in the MCU, but it was said in venom. It's said yeah. this. I don't think that it's necessary. He could have called him a wuss, and mm-hmm. that's just as close. And and I don't like. I said I don't have a problem with the word. It just doesn't feel family still, friendly. Yeah, the word
3: choice it, and it, it makes you go. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a little extreme for this type right, but of. But the movie. sentiment think... is what I think. No, go ahead, Duro because I was about no, to No, if the,
2: the sentiment can be important but the word choice is just as important. It like compounds like how I feel about Tony Stark. Like that word choice is just like it just it sort of magnifies what I was already feeling about Tony Stark in this movie was that he's not a good person. I mean like Chris like I I guess I sympathize with your point but I also think about like if my nephew came up to me who's like 6 years old and was like we were laughing about him like stepping in poop. And he was like, "Ah, I stepped in poop. And we were thinking it's a joke. And I'm like, "Ah, don't be such a little pussy about it. (laughs) Like I wouldn't do that. But there's, (laughs) You know, like I don't think I would do like, it just, even if the intention is there, it is a weird scene and it makes Tony look like just a huge asshole. So to me, there's a difference
0: between I'm, I'm being an open jerk to this person because I do not care about them. And, I don't know how to relate to humans because I'm a flawed hero because he does ultimately get along with and care about and take care of Harley. Like he absolutely ends up forming a relationship with Harley. And from the start is not actually trying to be a punk to him. He just genuinely does not know how to talk to people, especially not hot women. <laughs>
2: Or yeah, small he probably children doesn't usually. have
0: he probably doesn't
1: have a lot of experience talking to small yeah. children. I'll, I'll right. give you that. But also, it's this whole scene is kind of funny given the context that he calls him that insult because he broke into Harley's. <laughs>
0: yes, right. yeah. like, and then call him a pussy <laughs> to his face.
1: <laughs> like that's just such a tony thing to do. Oh like, oh.
2: <laughs> right. Ooh. I don't know. I think I have this problem. One of my problems with Tony Stark as a character, and I can talk about it now, now that we're deep enough into the show, is he seems to do this a lot. He seems to hurt people around him and then fix and like do something for that person. Like it's a very it seems like a very toxic relationship with whoever he has, Pepper included. He will hurt them, he will do bad things to them, and then he will try to make it right. And he seems to sort of do this a lot. We can't always be Steve Rogers. I don't think you I don't think you have to be Steve Rogers, but I don't think you have to be a dick to every single person you meet either, and then try to fix that relationship. I think at some point, you have to learn, and I think eventually he learns, but I think through the first three of these movies, he learns the same lesson in every single movie, and then forgets it by the beginning of the next movie. I think movie number one, we were The Cave, we were supposed to figure out, hey, I'm Tony, I'm not going to be this kind of person anymore, I've learned, I've grown, Iron Man 2, boom, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, what up, bitches? And then he learns, and him and Rhodes get back together. And then, boom, the beginning of the third movie, he's like back to the same old thing. Like, it, it, I think it's... there's
1: a difference, though, between changing your behavior entirely and changing... I don't even know how to say this properly. Like, I feel like he's still going to talk to people relatively the same way, even if he could be a better person overall. I don't think that the way that he spoke to Harley is appropriate. I still stand by that. But also... I think Tony's just the kind of person, and and not everybody is like this. Obviously, you prefer people not to be like this. I think a lot of people do. But I think Tony's the kind of person that is defensive first and makes friends second. Whereas there are people in the world like you and I, Eduardo, who like, we meet somebody for the first time, they're our friend right now. We're (laughs) friends. Until we have decided that they're not our friend, you're our friend right away. And that's just how I think most of us here are, actually. Yeah. And and Tony's just the opposite. He's I don't know that you're my friend until you're my friend. So for now, I'm gonna play defense. You know, I, just, I think that's just how he is.
2: I can't I can't find myself relating to stuff. Yeah, it's
1: hard to relate to. I get that.
2: I I that's why I like Scott Lang so much because he's just kind of a he's dope. A <laughs> and he just he's just like me. He's just in there to have a good well, time. Like a he just wants to like he just like wants to like hang around with his pals. You know. I think that's why I think I like him so much and why I think, you know, I guess I I, I tend to bounce off of Tony Stark's character because it reminds me a lot of just kind of people that I don't like. And that's not to say that I, I didn't still find the last scene in Endgame emotional or I did not still find some of his other scenes when he's working alongside some of the MCU to provide that sort of friction that like because the MCU needs a character like this, right? They need a character to provide some of this. They cannot like, like Robbie said, they can't all be Steve Rogers. They can't all be the, the quintessential hero. That doesn't mean I have to like his solo movie though, which I guess is where I'm at right now.
1: We're not telling you, you can't like it. We're just telling you you're wrong.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll, 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 we'll get back to this here in a little bit. Um, Stark is attacked by Savin and another agent who's also got the extremist thing going on and survives with Harley's help. Um, Stark then begins an investigation where there are people um, who are wounded have get their limbs regrown and then they explode and all this kind of stuff. And it's crazy. And Stark thinks that the 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 Mandarin is purchasing this from Killian. The Killian's going to go sell it to the Mandarin, and he has to find the Mandarin. So he figures out the Mandarin is in Miami, and this is a really funny scene because he's like, Jarvis's comms must be broken. Like, he can't be in Miami. Like, he must be uh, somewhere else. Um, <laughs> so they go, and they find um, the Mandarin in Miami um, where he while Harley sits with his suit powering it up. Now, Chris, Tony and Harley have the best relationship in this movie. They have more chemistry than Tony (laughs) and Pepper, in my opinion. Okay, Um, (laughs) but they But they just play off each other so well. I almost wish we would have gotten Tony's daughter a couple movies earlier, because I think Tony Stark as a father would have humanized him so much for me now that I Mm -hmm. think about it. It would have made him a little bit more palatable, but specifically his relationship with Harley is probably the purest thing about this. Yeah, movie. I except when he calls yeah, him. Except a post- for
3: that. But again, word choice aside, the two of them are needling each other through the whole thing. And and there's something about Harley that like instantly speaks to Tony. And I don't know if it's the potato gun or what, but Tony sees this kid and he's like, okay, this this is this is me. Uh there he he sees a kindred spirit he he knows right away that someone at school is bullying him and he gives him something he gives him one of his iron man weapons <laughs> to stop the bully not <laughs> non-lethal <laughs> uh, but it uh it repels bullies or whatever whatever he says about it or discourages bullying is uh the phrase the phrase he, used. he used and i don't know there's just something about their their relationship and when when he, okay, so the kid is like intentionally triggering his PTSD. Like, hey, does this remind you of uh, of the wormhole in New York?
0: jerk I know.
3: The kid is bad too.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't understand. I, I think sometimes though he might just not understand it. I think he starts off not understanding what he's doing. Yeah. And then he gets it and he yeah. keeps doing it. I
3: didn't it. say New York, which you just said now when you denied that you said it. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, when he's giving him the sad face, like "Oh, uh, everyone leaves me," uh, you know, we have a connection. And Tony calls him on and says, "You know how I knew? Because we have a connection." And he drives away. But at the end, you do see that he he upgraded his garage. Harley clearly likes him enough to come to his funeral, uh, in in Endgame.
0: For everyone to say, who's that kid? Yeah.
3: So we can all like <laughs> read the article two days later and go, oh, it's the kid. That's the guy. <laughs> He's tall now. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I just think it's fun. And it's Tony being awkward around teenagers and, and around kids is has become like a theme because we get that a lot with Peter Parker, uh, through Civil War and, and, and Spider Man and Infinity War. And then, And then you see how he's grown into a father. It's almost like this subplot that we didn't know was happening, this little character growth that culminates in him being a dad to his daughter, Morgan, in Endgame, which we don't get much of. And I do wish we'd gotten more of it. But what we do get, you're like, oh, hey, he's he's actually a good dad. Who would have thought that? And I think it all starts here. Yeah,
1: I agree. What if Harley is the next Iron Man? Iron Lad? <laughs> Iron Lad. Oh my goodness.
2: What if he's the a, real he's Iron a made Man... He's made-for-the-movie
1: character, right? What's that? Is he a
3: made-for-the-movie
1: specific Harley? character, or is I, he... I think, I
3: think so. Yet? I don't think he has any comic analog. Okay. Okay. What if he the, will not be Iron Lad.
2: What if the real Iron Man were the memories we made along the way? Listen...
1: only some of us get that right now. (laughs) But I thought it was funny, so.
2: so, we go to the hotel where Hansen opens up to Pepper before Killian breaks in. They're in cahoots. Dun, dun, dun. I can't believe it. Killian captures Pepper. We're all really um, sad about it, and then we find out Killian is, in fact, working with the Mandarin. Um, and then we get the, the Mandarin where he, um, the Mandarin's threat is traced to a location in Pakistan. So the iron Patriot goes to, to, to sort of intervene and turns out he's not actually in Pakistan. And, um, one of the extremist people come out and they kick the crap out of, uh, out of Rose, out of the iron Patriot and they capture him. And that's where we end up in Miami, um, after Stark has this cool, like, almost Home Alone scene where he like makes a bunch of makeshift weapons and, um,
1: dude, like, that's like possibly my favorite scene in the whole MCU. Really? The makeshift Whoa. weapons. Okay, Whoa. but like, oh, wow.
2: I feel like you say this every episode, so I need to know what your actual favorite no, scene in the MCU. I is. don't
1: say that. I, I listen up there in the top in some order that I haven't quite yet determined. Gotta have it by the end of the series. Are that scene. Oh, I will. That scene, Cap using Mjolnir in Endgame, and the elevator scene in Winter Soldier. They're all up there. And this scene is cool too. What about, uh, you
2: you don't like me when I'm angry?
1: You don't like me when I'm hungry.
2: (laughs) What? You literally said it was your favorite moment in the MCU.
1: You're right, you're right. The Hulk thing, yes, that's there too. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about Iron Man 3 right now, okay? And then you put me on the spot. There's a lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I just love that scene. I don't want to gloss over that scene because it's so it's so damn cool. That's such like a and I'm sorry if you put this somewhere else, Robbie, but that is just not such it's such a moment. And, and this scene and the one where he's in Tennessee and he fights the extremist homeland security lady are two scenes where Tony is fighting people where he is not Iron Man. He is Tony Stark, and he is using his brain to do all of the fighting. Um, In the scene in Tennessee, he lures her into the back of the restaurant where he set up a bomb and then explodes her. And then in this scene, he goes to Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever department store he ends up going to because Harley on the phone is like, you're a mechanic, right? He's like, oh, mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. I am a mechanic. And then home alone's all this stuff. Like you're right, it's it's home alone-y, but it's
0: it's amazing. It's a course. Cool you're scene. absolutely correct. And I think that perfectly segues with points that both Chris and, and I put in here. And Eduardo also put in a point that um maybe does not agree with us. But <laughs> I'll I'm going to interrupt the host and have me and Chris go first and then he can rebut if he desires. But I have a really good quote for exactly what you're saying because what you just said rebut. is these scenes are Tony Stark being smart and being clever and, and stopping people and saving the day as Tony Stark. And um, Kevin Feige had, did I pronounce his name correctly? Feige. Feige. Kevin Feige um, had a quote before this movie that I think sums up a lot of why I like this movie and it was, um, Iron Man 3 is a full-on Tony Stark-centric movie, and I'll tell you because your good guy is very much inspired by the first half of Iron Man 1. Metaphorically, we're not going back to the cave, or metaphorically, we're not going back, or I'm sorry, I'm emphasizing him creepy. Metaphorically, we're not going back to the cave, there's nothing like that, but we've always said, let's get Tony back to the cave, which is he's stripped of everything, He's be- his back is up against the wall, and he's got to use intelligence to get out of it. Just what you just said. Uh, he can't call Thor, he can't call Cap, he can't call Nick Fury, and he can't look for the helicarrier in the sky. And I think we all pretty much agreed, or at least we're close to agreeing, that the cave escape in Iron Man 1 is like the peak of that movie, a movie that we all like. Like, Tony Stark getting putting crap together and b- busting out of the cave was cool, and I think this was a whole movie of Tony Stark busting out of the cave. And I think that that's everything you just said is absolutely correct, and I think that's what, why I end up liking this movie. And then something Eduardo talked about at the start of this film and introducing was this movie had an interesting task of it had to follow the Avengers. You know, we watched the MCU build up to Avengers, and then we saw Avengers. And when Avengers came out, something we talked about in the last uh, set of episodes was at least the non-Larsen episodes, um, was that that proof of concept worked. They had successfully at Avengers... Triggered off this fandom And shown that this concept works That this universe was going to survive and be good things And then with Avengers it Obviously there was Okay, now what? What you going to do now? And that's what Iron Man 3 had to be It had to be the first post-Avengers movie uh, and, and that that's A very difficult um, thing to do And, that's and heavy. frankly, I think it's impossible And so I don't think they tried to be Hey, let's top Avengers with Iron Man 3 They tried to be, okay, Avengers happened Let's go do something different And so, yeah, this movie, this film doesn't have a whole lot of Iron Man. It doesn't have a whole much of Tony Stark puts on a suit and beats up something. And I love Tony Stark puts on a suit and beats up something. But I'm still okay with the fact that this movie didn't do that because we had just had a movie of Tony Stark puts on a suit and beats up something. We'd just had Avengers, um, and we had had two other Iron Man movies, and one of the Tony Stark puts on a suit movies and beats things up didn't work. And so they decided with this, <laughs> let's do something different. Let's take what made... The best Tony Stark scene in the franchise so far, possibly, and let's just do more of that. And so you get a a Tony Stark character film that is about Tony Stark and isn't about the suit and isn't about fighting things, and that's it, that ends up being fine because we got plenty of that. We have plenty of great movies of Tony Stark flying around and shooting repulsor beams, and a movie where he, you know, puts paint in a Christmas ornament and throws it at someone in a pond is neat and fun, and it, it's really cool. Do you know what else?
1: Even, when, even in a lot of scenes where he is flying around in the suit, he's not actually in the suit. He's using his like headset yes. thing mm-hmm. where he is controlling where yes. the suit is going. So even a lot of those scenes, he's not yep.
0: physically inside the suit. And Chris, I know that you you have thoughts on who the hero of this movie is.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's Tony Stark is the hero, and Tony... This is, this is the movie. This movie is the answer to Cap's question from Avengers. Big Man, is suit of armor. Take that away. What are you? This is the answer to that question. The answer is still a damn superhero. Mm-hmm. It, it's, and, and I think even, even like, like, th- like this movie is about how Tony Stark is the hero. Sure. Tony Stark is Iron Man, even without the Iron Man armor. It's been all about the armor. And even at the beginning of this movie, he is making, all these different kinds of armor because that's how he knows how to cope. That's how he knows how to be a hero. And this movie is proving that he can be a hero, even if he doesn't have that suit. Now the suit helps, but he doesn't need it because he does that whole metal gear, solid infiltration uh, (laughs) without his suit, Uh, (laughs) storming the compound and and getting into, into aims mansion, whatever it is uh, getting in there without his suit with just just his smarts and whatever he's able to pick up at the hardware store and I think even like you mentioned the him remotely controlling the suit like in the my one of my other favorite sequences in this film which we'll talk about a little bit later the the skydiving scene pretty much the the, mm. the, the Air Force mm. one rescue that's tony Stark saving the day but it's not him in the iron man suit there he's still but he still saves everyone it is still tony Stark saving everyone and in the end of Endgame, we get Tony Stark saving every, everyone. And it is be when he says, I am Iron Man. He says, I am Iron Man in at the end of Iron Man. He says it again at the end of this movie. The, but I, I almost feel like, and even though the delivery doesn't quite, you know, it's a little more understated when he goes, I am Iron Man. And, the, but you feel and like they almost, what's that?
0: They almost had him not say it at the end of this movie. It was originally supposed to be I am Tony Stark at the end of this movie. Really? And they decided they needed to change it to I am Iron Man to sell the mythos.
3: I'm really glad they did. Uh-huh. Because, you know, I, I feel like if... I, I am Iron Man at the uh, at the end of Iron Man, the original movie. I feel like the emphasis in that sentence that we're supposed to take, take away is am. I am Iron Man. And I think that at this one, it's I am Iron Man. Yes. Tony Stark is Iron Man. With or without the suit, he's Iron Man. And I think that's the point of this movie.
2: I almost wish they he would have said I am Tony Stark. I kind of almost wish the movie would have been called Tony Stark. That way I would have saved myself <laughs> 12 bucks by not having to go see it in theaters. I thought
0: we convinced him, guys. I thought oh, we did God. it. I no. thought we did it. <laughs> oh. We tried so hard. Oh, made- oh. <laughs> uh, right.
3: You're impossible.
2: All right, go, I... <laughs> all right, Go ahead. Okay. I've already talked about how I don't necessarily like Tony Stark in this movie. But think about going to see Iron Man 3. You're, you're hyped. You're ready to see rockets. You're ready to see Iron Man. And you sit down in your seat. And it's a, it's a reflection piece on a person and their internal struggles. Not to say that that movie cannot exist. But it wasn't what I was expecting or wanted out of the movie. I wanted an Iron Man movie. I wanted to feel the magic of Iron Man 1 again. Because at the time, I'd watched Iron Man 1. I was a little bit disappointed with Iron Man 2. And then I found myself incredibly disappointed with Iron Man 3. And I felt the same throughout this movie, wanting more Iron Man. I wanted to see Iron Man. I wanted to see what was going on. Look, you guys can be upset all you want. This is just like the Helicarrier. You're all going to gang up on me. But you know what? I'm entitled to my opinion. And my opinion is this movie needed more Iron Man. The name of the movie is Iron Uh, Man. You're going to be like.
1: But he is Iron Man. Tony's Iron Man. Yeah, but he's not though. He's Tony
0: Stark. No one killed a Mockingbird.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Catch 22. They didn't catch anything. (laughs) No, <laughs> oh, i well, twenty-two of them. <laughs> Atlas isn't Look, even in this. I don't know what you're talking about. Him shrugging.
2: I will. I will agree that part of this has to do with how I am not a huge fan of Tony Stark. Um, but the other part of it is definitely. The fact that there is not a lot of Iron Man in this movie, and it has to do with Tony Stark and his relationships. I don't find Tony Stark as a reliable character. I don't find um, his relationship with Popper. Uh, popper, uh, popper, popper. Popper.
0: Well, she was Popper, and then she married him and became CEO. Oh, popper wow. I hardly
2: know her. Um, but uh... what is happening? Chris's mom listens to this. You know what? You know how many times we've said "pussy" in this show i talked about how I don't like Tony Stark. I don't like his, particularly his relationship with Pepper Potts. I don't find any of that engaging, which only exacerbated how I missed Iron Man in this movie. I don't, I missed him. I missed him being part of the movie. And I think Iron Man is just one of those characters for me that works best with other people. He works best alongside of the people. He worked better Which we'll talk about. I can say it now. I think he worked better when he had Rhodey alongside him and he worked and he had him to bounce off of in Iron Man 2. I think he worked better. He works better with other people than on his own. I think Tony is one of those characters that brings out the best in other people. But the way he does it is by not being a good person himself. And I don't want to watch an entire movie about him not being a good person, and also not
3: getting Iron Man. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, because I've heard that complaint broadly before about how it's an Iron Man movie, and Iron Man's barely in it. And a lot of people said the same thing about The Dark Knight Rises, too, where they felt like that there wasn't enough Batman in it, and it was too much Bruce Wayne. And
2: See, what what The Dark Knight had was somebody other than Bruce Wayne to help carry the other parts of the movie. This movie is all tony all the time and he doesn't he doesn't have anybody to work off of you guys want to know why i think iron man 2 is the better movie it is because i find characters in that movie more likable and i find some that i can really gravitate towards where this movie the central figure is tony stark so if you don't like tony stark you don't like this movie
0: i don't actually really like tony stark (laughs) i'm interested in the character but i don't like him or find him relatable
2: no, no, you don't. Uh...
0: <laughs> I'm so stumped right
1: now. I don't know. How, I don't know how to respond. Let's let's go to the next part of the
2: movie and I'll think.
0: Okay, you think. Oh no, you the next think. part of the movie is gonna make it worse.
2: Stark oh. finds the Mandarin, who is revealed oh, to be is. a character played by actor Trevor Slattery. <laughs> Killian needs a. To his fake terrorist organization to cover up the explosions and threaten the US. So, yeah, it's not going to get better. The big reveal that the Mandarin, the central figure, what lots of people were waiting for, wasn't even the villain the whole time and was just some dude taking a dump and trying to bed some hotties. That's all he was.
0: That's All right. That's a completely that accurate That is description. all
2: he was. That is. Olé, 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 olé.
3: You know and while He's already been was- Chinese.
2: <laughs> he was hilarious, but also he was really Disappointing. The problem is, and this is the the, the real problem with the Mandarin reveal, is everything they had done with the Mandarin previous to this was so interesting. All of those little vignettes were so interesting. And you were like, oh, this is kind of a cool direction. This is like a cool thing they're doing. Like, wow, like this, I wonder where this is going. And then it all comes to like a screeching halt when you find out he's just some dummy that is playing this interesting character rather than just having the interesting character.
1: Well, I mean, the the advertising for the film in general did a good job of painting that picture too. Like like Trevor was going to be the big bad all along. And that's, you know, Mandarin is, as we talked about earlier, Mandarin is the Iron Man villain. And what are you going to do after Avengers when you have an Iron Man movie? Give him somebody that nobody's heard of because people, he was, you know, like B tier, C tier Mm -hmm. at best in the comics. Like the, like... I wouldn't say that even the general public would know a lot about Iron Man, but it's something that could be interesting after an Avengers movie. And I don't think that it was unsuccessful because of the twist. I mean, lots of things with twists are great. Like, would you kindly, would you kindly give me a couple things that have twists Uh, that you like? I just did. I don't think it was. You just ruined the game for everybody. (laughs) No, I didn't. And it's their fault. Um, I, Do I think that they handled post-Mandarin properly? Uh, no. But do I think they handled, like, the dupe
0: well? I thought it was cool. I'm so torn on it. Like, I'm incredibly torn. And who it didn't work out, who it wasn't successful with was comic book fans. I think part of why this was not super popular... Um, and and I'm sure you guys remember that the internet screamed about this when it happened. And I remember I remember people saying that the twist in Iron Man three was awful. And I legit thought it was just that Maya Hansen when when Maya Hansen ended up working with Killian. I thought that's what it was. I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. And then then I got to this Mandarin thing. Mm-hmm. It it Ben Kingsley's Mandarin up until the twist has just and it's not fair because Ben Kingsley but just such screen presence. Like he, that, that villain that was not even really the villain was one of the best MCU villains because he's just so good. There's so much gravitas. It's so threatening. And he just pulls it off so well. And it's so cool and so, so legitimately terrifying and interesting and a, a, a great way to make the character without the whole Chinese mysticism thing you know, the, 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 you know, um, racism and, and magic <laughs> that just didn't yes. really work. Sure. It's like, it's like sure. the, the Christopher Nolan take on a villain and making them work in a universe. Like that's yeah. a lot of what this movie was. That's a great, yeah. right. It feels like it's from like the dark Knight. Yeah. Um, and so it was so great. And so I love that. That said, kind of like what Peaches just said, twists can be good. And I actually think it was a good twist. I think it was clever. I think it worked within the film. Um, I, I think the whole front guy for how do we explain these explosions away. I think that was brilliant. It, it, I find Trevor Slattery annoying, but I, I thought the twist was good and it was clever. And I, I agree that the iron that the Mandarin doesn't necessarily work in the MCU, even though he was important in the comic, doesn't mean he's necessarily going to work in the films. So I'm just genuinely torn and I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too. I like this twist and it was really clever and worked within the film, but I also really, really, really want to see more of Ben Kingsley Mandarin somehow.
1: I want to talk about Killian specifically when we get yeah. to the final okay. battle. So I, I, I will personally hold off on that now.
3: Got it. Yeah. I will say with the Mandarin, uh, you'll see now. I don't know. Cause the Mandarin twist itself, I think works really well. And, I. Uh, Kinda of like he said, we never saw it coming. You know, it's a, it, you, know, <laughs> it's it's a really great twist. It does it makes a lot of sense within the story of this of this particular film, and it, it works. And you know, it's like we said that the Mandarin as a comic book villain is iconic to comic book fans, but we have to remember that even though Iron Man is one of the biggest superheroes in the world right now because of these movies. It's because of these movies and most people didn't know who the Mandarin was. So for them, this was just a twist and a lot of them probably went home. A lot of people went home, looked it up and go, Oh, that's not how it is in the comics. And we're probably surprised by that. And you know, we, we've talked about how it's okay to make changes from the source material And I think this was a good change, especially given, as we said, the whole yellow peril aspect of the Mm -hmm. Mandarin and how that could have been very uncomfortable. And I think it's interesting. We talked about the Marvel one shots a little bit previously, but there was that all hail the King one shot, which brought back Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery being interviewed by a journalist who it turns out is a member of the 10 rings and he kidnaps him out of prison and says, we're going to take you to meet the real Mandarin. And he's not, and pretty much implying that he's not happy that you stole his gig. Which was the first hint that, oh, there is a real Mandarin out there somewhere. And whether that was just Marvel going, hey, this would be fun. And Drew Pierce, uh, who co-wrote this film, wrote that one shot as well. And he might have even directed it. But I read an interview with him where he said, you know, this wasn't Marvel trying to course correct to make the fans happy it was marvel saying hey ben kingsley said he'd do this we want to do more with ben kingsley and now as we talked about in the bonus episode they announced at comic con that we are getting shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and they are and they cast tony tony lung as the real mandarin the head of the real ten rings so we are now getting presumably a mystical version of the mandarin that fits in the mcu but as we kind of talked about earlier, didn't necessarily at that time fit, if not in the MCU, then at least in an Iron Man movie.
0: And I think as someone who wasn't necessarily that upset about it, I was a little disappointed, but speaking for the comic book fans that were out crying it, I think it was just, we've talked a lot about how the phase one of the MCU was so much, oh my goodness, they actually respect the comic books and they're actually going to use stuff from the comic books. And then this kind of felt like, uh, okay, they're making fun of, something from the comic no
2: no i've got a good analogy okay all right chris all right you and me all right mano y mano say you're sitting down for a nintendo reveal and that and that (laughs) donkey kong one comes up and they show banjo kazooie and that it ends up being um duck hunt and then the trailer ends (laughs) <laughs> All right. now imagine now. if that was how you felt about the mandarin you're like oh my god they're doing
3: it they're doing it it's really cool this looks so good it looks so I, wait a I, second i understand that analogy and i think that's a decent analogy the 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 difference is there was an in-story reason that they did this in iron man whereas that would have just been trolling Fair.
2: <laughs> that would have just been, have just been really rude <laughs>
1: And retrospectively, and you got Banjo. Well, we'll get Banjo. Right. In retrospectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to get, get Mandarin. Mandarin. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah,
2: No, that makes sense. Um, look, I I think the, the the biggest reason that I think, and, uh, Robbie's already echoed this a few times, the biggest reason that I am uh, not a fan of the turn is because I really enjoyed what Ben Kingsley was doing with the role. I thought it was really interesting. I thought he made a really compelling villain, and so it's sad not to get more of that. But... The show must go on. Indeed. Killian captures Stark. He's sitting. He's got him captured. He's chained up, and he, just as villains do, reveals his master plan while he has the hero tied up somewhere. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like a, it's like out of like a James Bond flick. He's like, "Oh, I have you tied up now. Time to tell you every single detail yeah. of my plan." They were, they were
0: actually benchmarking James Bond for making this movie to the point that originally it was going to end with Savin being the final conflict in the James Bond tradition of, you know, the the henchman comes back at the end. Huh. Oh, yeah, they, they it's, it's not a coincidence. This film oh, is he, supposed to be a James Bond movie.
2: He ain't
1: coming back from that.
2: <laughs> So Killian shows him that he has injected pepper with Extremis. Hansen... Tries to to barter Tony's life with her own, and Killian just straight up shoots her, just in the chest, just pop, pop, pop. Guess who? Uh, Killian um, then breaks <laughs> James Rhodes out of his um, his Iron Patriot armor, and then sets off to see the President of the United States president of America. Ellis.
3: Uh, no America.
2: Um, Tony is having a conversation with the guards and he's like, y'all better get ready. And then he puts his hand out and then he just kind of stands there. And then we cut- hey, ponytail express. And then we cut to Rody kicking some butt and then we cut back to Tony and he's just standing there with his hand out. He's like, any second now, we're going to get in there. And then we cut back to Rody and he's like, ta-ta-ta, look at me, boom, boom. And he's like flipping and like he's like taking dudes out from behind and, and he like jumps over a wall at one point. It's all super cool. And then finally- First bit of the armor shows up, and wouldn't you know it? Once Tony gets the armor and becomes oh Iron Man, the action sequence.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. in this particular situation, <laughs>
2: he was tied
1: up. Of course, he needed the armor at this I was point. Why, we're why couldn't building he just
0: this so much?
2: <laughs> why can we why just couldn't MacGyver we- his way out?
1: Yeah, why couldn't he have just known oh, that he was going to get tied up, built a so bomb smart. in his ear? He's so he smart. He could have built a mini make... bomb in his ear. He puts and then put paints in uh, his...
2: he puts paints and ornaments. He's so smart. Why can't he just get out of this?
1: Dude, that's a bad... <laughs> Go back to your last <laughs> analogy. This one's bad. <laughs> this one's not good. So, Dude, that fight scene is awesome. He gets one glove. He gets one boot and then he murders people. He does. He murders a lot of people. Are you going to segue into this part? (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah. He murders so (laughs) many people. (laughs) So, so I'm
1: not, I'm not necessarily bringing this up for the, like Tony kills a lot of people side of this. Cause I think that in every movie so far, one of us, or at least as a collection have decided you know, eventually Marvel starts not really killing people. And I can't figure out what movie that that happens in because Tony just straight up, I mean, he kills everybody in this entire compound except for the guy that's like, "Yo, these guys are weirdos. I don't even like working here." And then he waves him goodbye. And then later when he infiltrates the plane and and confronts Sabin, he he beams You're him beam. through the chest and and puts a hole in this man's body and says good luck getting up from that like lots of people continue mm-hmm. to be murdered in the mcu i don't know which film it i will think it's stop gonna in. end up being i mean trouble. it doesn't ever stop but but visually it stops being as graphic yeah. it must be later on because we all have this in our head that eventually it stops being as graphic <laughs> i don't know it hasn't happened yet no
0: i agree maybe and it's Thor. actually one or it's not this that is actually one of the things that i deleted from my personal notes this same statement of like i'm watching this i'm like wow this movie is grisly like <laughs> there's some there's some rough death and lots of it in this movie like and and maya hansen dying like that's a lot darker yeah. than than like that's actually a pretty sad and and brutal death that you're not gonna see much oh in the, the mcu earlier in the movie in the
2: bar the the whole fight scene oh, yeah. in the bar, yeah. yeah. She
0: like
1: rips the she like rips the organ of the, out the, the of sheriff, the sheriff yeah. right? And then her death yeah. is her
0: death is rough. She gets blown up in the, into power lines. Mm. Onto a power yeah. line, yeah. No, it, it it's uh it fits the tone of the film, but this film is much more like like Daniel Craig James Bonzi than most uh most MCU.
1: But yeah, that scene anyway, like don't shit on that scene cuz that scene's so good. There's actually I'm not if I'm there, saying if I, I
2: enjoyed the scene cuz we got some Iron Man. I know.
1: If there's if I could go back if I could go back in time and buy something that is probably no longer available. Um you guys know about Hot Toys?
0: No. No.
1: It's like an action Learn figure us. uh company. They make really realistic oh, action yeah, yeah. figures. I've heard of um that. look them up whenever. Hot Toys. It's really cool. The the coolest hot toy I've ever seen from them is called The Mechanic. And it's Tony with the one glove and the one boot and some of the things that he made for the compound, like flying through the air. And it looks exactly like Robert Downey Jr. because the hot toys are just really good quality. If I could go back in time and buy one thing that I did not buy when it was available, it would be that hot toy. For any listeners out there that want to donate to the show, that's that's what Peaches that's a don't do here's why though, I've heard of hot toys
3: expensive. uh there is a rumor and I don't know if it has been confirmed or not that the uh new rise of Skywalker poster the emperor in the background there's a rumor that that is a photo of the emperor Palpatine hot toy that is
0: <laughs> I will buy that I will oh are buy
3: you that serious
2: thing.
3: yeah well, they're very realistic like they're really good
1: looking sorry anyway
3: that's for our star wars (laughs) podcast though no no Uh, no please go go on on about how good looking they are (laughs) look
1: i'll I'll find the picture while you talk (laughs) about the next thing and i'll throw it in the in the discord
2: so Rhodes and stark trace to iron patriot armor to a roxon oil rig but not before uh the iron patriot armor no, this is yeah. This is when the Iron Patriot armor comes in and it starts uh, a beating up, which I, what I assume is Air Force One, and uh, just like smashing stuff up and and trying to take out all these uh, these figures, including the the, the president of these these United States. Um, uh, and Iron Man shows up and tries to save some people. Uh, we get a really cool scene of Iron Man, which you guys alluded to earlier, of him um, trying to help people. Um, and sort of like creating this sort of human chain and as they're falling out of the plane and saving them in the, in the sea, and then he kind of loses the armor because it breaks apart and you find out he's not actually in it, but he's controlling it. I still think that counts as him being Iron Man at the time, but whatever. <laughs> um, and we we sort of move towards the final conflict, which is going to be at the, the oil rig. Um, now, Robbie, the, you seem to be a really big fan of this final conflict, and I don't disagree because... Um, don't say it we finally get lots of iron because <laughs> there's no so, helicarrier I would like to, say <laughs> to my friends
0: sound lord and yes. peaches as we were getting to the point where i knew i was going to be segued to to discuss this this note on this episode i started dreading it because it started clicking in my head that what was going to happen was going to talk about how much i liked all these iron man suits fighting and i was going to get the host of the show Telling me, oh, so you're saying the movie is better when the Iron Man suits are fighting.
2: <sighs> <laughs> and
0: I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I knew it. And now I hate it. Now you gotta I say hate this anyway. scene in <laughs> the movie because of the host of Assembly Requires.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to like it anyway, Robbie. You and I... Can t- and everybody, let's well, all look, talk about all honesty, how great the scene look,
2: is. Look, we we should talk because this is one of the positive things I have about the movie, it's so nice, we should talk nice about things. it now rather than, <laughs> <laughs> than me say something. Look, and I can't say that everything in this movie is bad, but I am aware that everybody else on this panel really likes this movie and would say positive things, so I need to talk about the negative things right. that I don't like about this movie to kind of... Bounce off of what you guys are saying. That's not to say I don't like certain parts of this movie, such as this fighting scene. I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, this absolutely.
0: Scene. I think the final combat scene in Iron Man Three is outside of the Avengers, maybe the best, probably the best final like like climax that of any MCU movie, with the exception of maybe the toy train fight that we are. Yeah. I'm assuming all going to gush yeah. about in a few episodes. Um, like, are we going to spend like an hour <laughs> and a half just on the toy train fight?
2: Anybody who talks bad about Ant-Man gets kicked off the show.
0: Um, Let's all talk bad
1: about
2: Ant-Man. He can't
1: kick all of us off of the show.
0: Solidarity, my brothers. <laughs> but in any case, no, this is really cool. And like I do genuinely like that the whole movie was about Tony Stark because that makes the payoff in the end even better, Eduardo. Where you call what you call payoff, I call suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I had to suffer through and finally get what but I want. I know I've said it on previous episodes where I just really miss. It it under and and peaches. You don't even have to tell me why it makes sense because you're right. It makes sense. The direction of where the armor went as the front MCU went on does make sense. But I do miss the original clunky, heavy armor that looks like it's got to snap into place and it's not that easy to put on and take off and it's got weight to it. Like that armor, I miss. And this is kind of the end of it. But it goes out with a bang, and I don't I don't mean the fireworks scene. I just mean like. <laughs> is it the end of it you get a little more of it in um Embrace all the way up until, uh, all the way up through civil yeah, war I suppose you get a little more but like
2: this is yeah i guess you do in civil war you might be right but but yeah like the whole thing remember him like pressing the button in the plane and sort of just kind of sinking back into his seat yeah i suppose you're falling right
0: into a seat but this is the end of this as as all the you know um roads and stark they have you know they're surrounded by extremist users and what are they going to do? Well Tony Stark is going to bring in all of his fucking armor at once. And it's so <laughs> cool and it's so it's neat seeing all of it. It's neat seeing what Tony Stark's been working on. Um it's it's really we never got to see all his different specialized armors that much um throughout the films and we do here. We get to see, you know, the cool construction bot that knocks off the ground and and throws people away and looks like a Mega Man yeah. robot master and we get to see <laughs> You know, we get to see the uh, the the what is it um, the the Quasimodo or the Hunchback, um, uh, which is I believe fr- straight from the comics that stabilizes the whole oil rig, and all these different specialized armors doing these different things, and there's there's character to each of them, and there's a little piece of Tony Stark's you know craftsmanship in each of these these armors. They're just there for a second. Um, but the whole fight sequence is just so cool and there's so much heft to it and it's fun and, you know, the music is, is beautiful during it. Um, not, not like beautiful in a classical way, but like the way it fits mm. the scene. Um, the, the moment of thinking Pepper dies, uh, is, I, I, found, I still find emotional when I rewatch the movie, even though I, like I, I bought it. I thought they'd just w- written Gwyneth Paltrow out of the MCU when I saw this movie. So like, I, I was sick over
2: actually. <laughs> hey, so did she.
0: <laughs> But then that makes Pepper's moment of like Pepper Potts gets superheroes for a hot mm-hmm. second. Like that, uh, superpowers. That's pretty cool. And I think her takeout of Killian is really badass.
1: A hot second. <laughs> is extremists is a hot second.
2: Is. I'm kind of sad they like took it away. Like, I would have yeah. liked to see her kind of yeah. continue on in the sort of extremist role and sort of have to deal with it. Like, I think that would have been fun. I bet she would have hated <laughs> but it. But I just though.
0: felt yeah it's not just that the armor was cool but i felt like basically tony stark's life works being the finale of his trilogy like and yes iron man continues on the mcu but in the iron man trilogy this is the finale is all of his suits of armor at once coming in to save the day and i just thought that was perfectly fitting to end it
3: yeah Uh,
1: no go ahead chris
3: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say that it I wish and I know that all this information is out there, but each one of those suits has a different purpose, has backstory that we don't ever really get to see in the movie. You can kind of pick it up a little bit if you think about it. But I know that there is a lot of information out there outside the film that can explain each of those. And I think it's really it's both his life work. It's his obsession, because, again, he's been tinkering and tinkering and tinkering, building new suits to try to deal with the the. the pain of what, of, of what's going on in his head since Avengers. And wasn't it something like the, the Avengers armor was something like Mark 12 or Mark 15 or something. And now he's all the way up one movie later. He's at Mark 42. And that just shows you how much he's increased his work.
0: He was obviously. He
3: he clearly had, clearly had issues. Uh, that he had to work through somehow. Uh, There are a couple things uh, about this climax that I want to bring up real quick. One is that this actually starts uh, one of my favorite Easter eggs of phase two, which is in every phase two movie, someone gets their arm cut off.
0: Like in Star Wars.
3: Like in Star Wars, because it was phase two. Kevin Feige is a big Star Wars fan. And in the second Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back, Luke gets his hand cut off. That makes sense. So through all of phase 2 someone has their arm cut off. So Wait a yeah. second. Yeah.
1: Can you go through them by memory or will we just have to talk Let's about see. it? Let's see. So,
3: time. Killian gets his arm cut off in this one. Yeah. Uh Oh, I can't remember who loses their arm in Dark World. Um uh, oh, oh, it's Thor. Oh, it's Thor, yeah.
1: How do I know this? Because I watched it the other day for the first time. We're not going to talk Whoa, about that now. Okay. Well, yeah. Um,
3: yeah. His, yeah, his so,
1: image gets his hand cut off.
3: That's right. Right. Okay. So that, uh, what's next? What's next? Um, Winter Soldier? It's Bucky. It's Bucky, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, does it carry over to Ultron? I think does Ultron make it. it Ultron? Um,
0: what's his face? The, the dude who's... Um... Andy Serkis' character, who, uh, Claw. Oh, Claw, yeah, Claw. Because Claw. that's how he. That's be... right. In this universe, that's how he, he becomes, becomes Claw by Ultron cutting off his arm.
3: Right, right, yeah. So someone gets their arm cut off in every.
1: Oh, what about Ant Man? Because that's the last of Phase 2.
3: Oh, that's true. Um, I can't remember if that gag gar- carried Uh-oh. over into Ant Man or not. But it was Feige, like, did say that this was a thing. And I don't know if it was just leading up to and including Ultron. Um. I honestly don't remember if that happens in, in Ant-Man or not, but up through Ultron, it does happen.
1: Well it better happen, nah yeah, man,
3: or it's gonna yeah. be the worst Ant-Man movie of all time. Two. It does
2: <laughs> Ant Man is the end yes. of phase
3: two, mm. just like just like Far From Home is the end of phase three.
2: My phase I two box that. set that that
0: phase two is. is. There's two Ant-Man oh, okay. movies in phase three. <laughs>
3: Oh, okay. oh, and one more thing about this climax. It doesn't have to do with the fight itself, but I want to bring it up real quickly because it bothered me enough that I wrote it down in my notes. Uh, in, this, in the climax, we find out that Killian's new benefactor is the vice president. Yes. And that is why they have kidnapped the president. They're going to kill the president, and then the vice president will be president. And it is revealed that the vice president is, is in on this plan because Trevor remembers... Oh, there's something about the vice president. Was that important? And then Rody calls the vice president to tell him vice president's having a Christmas party. And then they the camera pans over to the vice president's daughter who is missing a leg because she's like an amputee or something. And that's the reveal that, oh no, he's the bad guy because he wants extremists for for his daughter. And that always made me really uncomfortable. Not that the vice president was bad, but that the way they revealed this was by showing his daughter who only has one leg and for whatever reason that just made me always made me feel kind of gross i don't know you know what though
0: see
1: no i okay okay i i agree that it's weird but i don't know how else i mean they would have had to just pick another bad guy or leave it out entirely for it to make sense otherwise because if they don't show the daughter then it's just like yeah mr vice president this is happening and he'd be like okay i'll get someone on it
2: I won't get someone on it because I'm. <laughs> I,
3: this vice president I, has some vices
1: yeah. of his own,
0: and, and then, and
1: in the whole
3: movie, he was never
1: a part of it yeah. yet, so it didn't. Re- it wouldn't have really tied in at all. But I agree yeah. with you that's. It's kind of a weird way to show that he's a he's a villain. Supposedly. Yeah,
2: I'm not. I promise I'm not just trying to disagree with everybody. Oh God! But it didn't my really. My favorite part who didn't have a leg. <laughs> it, it's not that I like it; it just didn't bother me. Like it didn't. I've got a lot of problems with this movie, and this just kind of wasn't one of them. No, I oh, actually got yeah. on this
1: one to I want to talk a couple things about this fight scene real quick. I guess yeah. not real quick. No, forever. I'm take talk my forever. Damn time And and we're at the end of the movie anyway, so uh-huh. we're almost wrapped up. But yeah, um, I want to challenge eduardo specifically because this is a quote-unquote suit battle i think that this is clearly a suit battle because there's a ton of suits but the way that tony fights in this scene is kind of like half and half right it's like yeah it's a suit battle but the way that he's using the suits it's still kind of follows the same theme of the movie that tony is iron man not tony needs the suits like he jumps in and out of the suits yes which is cool use them to travel around Mm -hmm and avoid being, like, literally cut in half by a magma arm, but he ejects from them at the proper time. He picks the ones that are near him that would make sense to fight him at the moment. He knows when to disengage. Like, he's very smart about how he's using the suits, which is more about a play on Tony's intelligence versus Killian's intelligence rather than Tony's tech versus Killian's hotness. (laughs) He's so hot right now, you know, like, so I don't know if, if that would change the way that you feel about it, because I just made it more about Tony than it is about the suits. But I think that it still follows the same theme. It's not just a, all right, y'all wanted a suit battle. Put him back in the suit.
2: <laughs> Where's my super suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I want to say about this, and and I didn't learn this until after I rewatched the movie this time. Um, is that Robert Downey Jr.'s contract was actually originally up at the end of this movie. So Mm -hmm. we at this point weren't sure if there was going to be more Iron Man or if Iron Man was going to transfer to somebody different or or how they were going to take the character forward. But the way that this movie ends with the fireworks show after this battle, if you're watching the movie and you don't care about the retrospective nature of the entire MCU, it's an awesome finale because it's like, look, Tony is giving up all his suits because the end of the movie is talking about his relationship with Pepper and how he wants that to work. And he's going to try to let go of all the tinkering and blah, blah, blah. The way the movie plays out and ends, right? It's like, I'm a new man. I don't have shrapnel in my heart. I'm not building suits. I threw my, my arc reactor into the ocean. Oh, look, here's a screwdriver. But then if you look at it retrospectively, it doesn't really mean anything that he did all that because it just all came back. Right. I think maybe it's more of a symbol. You could view it more as a, of a symbol as, okay, you're right. I'm going to focus more on our relationship than I am going to on all of the suits. But at the same time, as much as I, I really enjoy this movie, like I have fun watching this movie, the ending does not make sense retrospectively. I but I feel like what a lot of people say about Ragnarok that I had to come around to um, was... Cause when I saw Ragnarok for the first time, I did not think I had a good time, but then the more I watched the movie, I realized this movie is just trying to be fun, you know? And that's how I feel about this movie. All like, in, like all encompassing overall, I just have a really fun time watching this movie. And that's why a lot of this, this nitpicking that I've brought up is mostly just nitpicking because I, I also have to say something critical about the movie too, other than I have fun watching it, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't know. I really like the final scene. It just retrospectively doesn't do a lot for the rest of the lore, if you will.
0: No, I I agree with that. And I also think – I I think that this movie actually is weird, and and this is good to bring up in the retrospective aspect of it, where I actually think that this movie gets worse as the MCU goes on in terms of kind of what you talked about. It is great for standing alone as part of the Iron Man saga, but Iron Man then continued to be a part of the Marvel saga, and this movie makes that weird. Um, and so I think that's kind of true. It doesn't. It doesn't make me dislike it much more, but I definitely do like the movie less, which we'll get to in retrospect in terms of how it fits because of how it fits in the MCU or doesn't actually. Because also, I think Eduardo. I think another part of why this movie doesn't really fit that well in the MCU retrospectively is because yeah, it's a great. Iron Man is stuck being Iron Man by himself thing, but like you you think maybe one of the other Avengers wouldn't notice this was going on and, you know, maybe gotten involved. Like we we have introduced that there is not just Iron Man in this universe at this point, and yet this film is very much, nah, only Iron Man can do this.
1: You could say that about any movie though. Like that's that I I know you're nitpicking, but you could say that about most of the other movies. I mean, like Oh, I agree. You don't you don't think Tony figured out that hydra compromised shield like he could have come over to help with something like no i agree with i don't that. know about the. i don't know about thor i don't think anyone's gonna really help thor that we've no. been introduced to at this you point know,
2: i can we'll- i can sympathize with what robbie is saying because my biggest problem with this movie and you can lump in iron man one and iron man two in this is that better iron man movies exist and they're called avengers civil war end game and infinity war All four of those are better Iron Man movies than the actual Iron Man movies. See, but
0: that's why I didn't need just another Iron Man movie, because we just had an Iron Man movie featuring Captain America, Thor, and uh, Loki.
2: It's weird that we had the same takeaway, but in different directions. Yeah, right.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But no, I actually think that is true, that as we go on with this retrospective, I think some of the standalone movies will start to feel weird, because like, well, what were? why didn't other i do disagree i think silver war or not civil war i think um winter soldier i think winter soldier is such a self-contained thing that it is actually possible that basically iron man was the only one that could do it or captain america is the only one that could do anything about it just because he had the information but in this one like you're telling me that captain america didn't get involved in what the mandarin was doing literally blowing up troops like
1: you don't think Rhodey is counts as a good sidekick
0: I do. Rhodey
1: Rody was, was trying to figure that I have, out.
0: I have no complaint. I'm saying no one who wasn't in
2: contract to be in this movie tried to figure it out. Well... <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> well, we've already we've talked. No, no, I don't think it's fair because we've talked this whole show about how this is Iron Man's movie. How Iron Man is a central figure of this movie. Yes, Rhodey's there, but he's not nearly as prominent as he was even in the previous Iron Man movie, or how prominent he will be in future MCU movies. He takes a really he? he takes a back seat in this movie.
1: Yes, he does. I I personally think that that Rhodey takes a back seat in all the movies, but that's just how I okay, like. Well, <laughs> no 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 i don't want him to take a back seat i think that he is like a support character in every movie he's ever been in and he he should have some cooler bigger yeah, i roles. feel like
0: endgame is actually his biggest role
2: and yeah. it's
1: not even that big you're right i think he should have more
2: no i don't think you're wrong but i think he has less in this movie than he does in those movies
1: yeah Oh, yeah, now I'm getting off track. I'm sorry. Continue. No, I think this Go. is
0: track. This is literally <laughs> supposed to be a retrospective, and we have now segued into yeah. how does this film... Oh, we're not at Endgame right yet.
2: We're, but we segued we're time in. traveling. But I'm saying we've, okay. we've been
0: talking about how this film fits into the MCU, which I think is actually very interesting because it fits in, I think, very weirdly in the MCU.
2: And I say that as someone who does really like this movie. We didn't touch on it too much, but we get that really cool Pepper Potts extremist fight scene where she, like rips off an iron man arm and puts it on her own arm and like shoots killian and it's like this whole cool big like sequence and it's yeah uh, really scary and intense and it's awesome
3: it's cool and And then her line after it is oh my god that was really violent (laughs) (laughs) which i love and um
2: so we 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 we. We finally kill Killian. Okay. Uh, we finally kill Killian. We finally, finally. defeat him. Pepper um, is the one that defeats him. Not even Tony was able to do it. It's, it's Pepper. She's, she's alive and well. She's got extremis flowing through her blood. And um, no, actually, Tony ends up killing him. He makes him blow up in the suit, right? Well, Tony blows him up in the suit. No, no, no. no. And let me talk about this gonna... real quick. So Tony puts the suit on him. We don't know. Yeah, how this is another suit, weird
1: time
0: Yeah, we don't know how the suit that can that fit happens. on other people. But Tony puts the suit on him, blows him up in the suit, which is really cool, but doesn't end him. He comes back out of the fire. He says, "I am the Mandarin." Becomes the the Dark Knight Rises version of what Fin Fang Foom would be. And <laughs> I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. No, no, I think <laughs> yeah, no, I never made that connection, last, but you're
3: absolutely right.
0: This was the last thing that I was going to say too, but keep going. Then gets killed by Pepper. And I just find myself wondering again, not trying to be an Eduardo about this movie, but how come the suit blowing up doesn't kill him, but the little uh, missile that's in the suit blowing up then does kill him? I think because he's already
1: vulnerable from just having Uh, his like his body has had just fixed itself. So he's like the the finish him
0: version of a Mortal Kombat fight. Yeah, exactly. He got fatality. Yeah.
1: Here's what I don't... This is the part of the twist, the Mandarin twist that I don't like. This is the part that that irks me. Everything else is fine. At the end, when he says, you want the Mandarin, Tony? I'm the Mandarin. Like, whatever line he says. Mm-hmm. First of all, he could have just dropped that. The Mandarin being a cover could have been the story. He didn't have to claim that he was the Mandarin. But then you see him when he's finally shirtless... And he's got dragon tattoos on both of his pecs, and I think that that's kind of messed up that they took a character that is a completely different nationality, and then they covered it up as the plot of this movie, and then they made Guy Pierce just claim to be the Mandarin because he's got dragon tattoos on his body at the end. It's kind of messed up. Yeah,
2: I don't think you're they didn't
1: wrong. Didn't have to do that. I would. I he could have just. He could have just said, you wanted me, Tony? Here I am. Yeah. Or something other, some villainy thing that he says at the end. He could have just said any villainy thing and then got blown up. But he had to claim that he but, was yeah, the they actual Mandarin. didn't need Mandarin to bring it back to the Mandarin at that point at all. And dragon tattooing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's kind of mildly racist.
2: <laughs> I also...
1: I don't know if I should talk about that on the show. I got to say
2: one last <laughs> negative thing about the movie, and it, it ties into... It ties into I, I promise. It ties into the Mandarin. I find Killian not to be a very compelling villain. Mm-hmm. I find the Mandarin to be a significantly more compelling villain, yep. which is why the turn can feel a little sour to some. Is because Killian isn't actually that interesting. He's corporate white guy with an evil plan. Like, woo. He's not. There's no. It doesn't seem like there's any depth to him. He is very one note. He's very. Tony made me mad, so I got to do something. Which. To be fair, we've already talked about Far From Home, but they took that same thing and actually gave it layers, right? They mm-hmm. gave it, that they took the exact same, basically the exact same thing. Tony hurt me and I need to hurt Tony or hurt, hurt the world because of what Tony did to me. And they did it and they made that interesting and that complex. And this is very one-dimensional. It is very world domination, Tony, extremist, We don't really even know what his actual goals are. We just know he's done some messed up stuff. And Mm -hmm. it just, you know, you go like, why couldn't we just get that cool Ben Kingsley Mandarin movie that they like started halfway through and decided not to continue with?
0: Yeah. I said I'm torn. I don't necessarily disagree. But I also still find myself liking the movie, so...
2: I mean you can
1: I can't picture I can't picture Ben Kingsley's character like if there's gonna be like a final confrontation I don't know how I would picture Ben Kingsley's character fighting Iron Man in the end without the ten rings and the mystical abilities and that sort of thing.
2: I would if we're gonna go with the James Bond thing, I would say it goes like that. I would say while the Mandarin isn't a complete idiot, he's not this all-powerful guy. He's just a man. And so you have the henchman being the last person, just like in a Bond film, because the, the Mandarin. It, if I were going to redo this movie, I would think the Mandarin. Think of like, um, like Jigsaw, like a, like a always a step ahead kind of. Every time you think you've got me, I've got you until the very end. You realize I'm just a guy, and you know it, all it takes is an outside. At least if I were going to make this movie again, that's probably how I would do it.
1: Yeah, but you'd also probably put ed norton as the hulk in the movie no i
2: like i like mark ruffalo we've no, talked about that more. i like mark ruffalo we can't look i'm not the bad guy i'm not the villain of assembly <laughs> required okay i'm allowed to not like a movie
1: nobody knows the twist ending of assembly required <laughs> but you could be the villain you could be a front for the villain that's true
2: now Stark orders no, Jarvis to, des- <laughs> to destroy all the suits and a fun little, you know, that they, they, you play wishes in the background as these, <laughs> <a dream. laughs> as these suits are blowing up in the sky. Uh, it's weird, right? Peaches, it's yes. weird.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I already, I already talked a lot about how it's weird. It just doesn't make sense given the rest of the MCU. Um, it's it's a touching moment and i guess i i also read that like what was supposed to happen in that scene which obviously got um nixed was that in the end right after pepper killed killian it was supposed to be them talking about how pepper wanted to keep extremis and tony was like no you shouldn't keep it and she was like no i kind of like it and him blowing up his suits was supposed to be a well, I'll take away my power if you take away yours. So him blowing up his suits was originally supposed to be, look, I'll get rid of my fun toy. We're going to also get rid of your new fun toy. Because he was scared of Extremis and also thought it might hurt her. But they did not go with that route.
2: That's sad. She was cooler that with Extremis. Like, I
1: agree. And also could have blown up at any moment.
2: Yeah, that's, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> So uh, as you said, they, they end up taking Extremis out of her um, uh, slattery and the vice president are both arrested. He gets this fun scene where it looks like he's walking on the red carpet because of all the reporters. And he's like, hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm the Mandarin. Hey. <laughs> and we get the the, the the final scene of the movie where we hear um, I am Iron Man just as Tony is getting the shrapnel removed from his heart. And then we get the post credit scene. Um, which reveals that Tony, while he's been narrating the movie, is actually talking to a sleeping Bruce Banner, basically using him as a therapist. I'm not
3: that kind of a doctor. I don't have the, what, the time? The temperament. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and that's it. That's the movie. That's Iron Man 3. Now, you guys, it is very clear, like this movie, and if you're if you like this movie, I think there is only one fair person to have as your MVP, because this person is the focal point of the movie and is basically the linchpin of the movie. Now, Peaches, uh, go ahead and, and 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 reveal who the the big mystery is. <gasps>
1: it is the mechanic Tony Stark. There you go. And and clearly, it's it's Tony as Tony. Not necessarily as Iron Man, but more so Tony Stark, the human being inside or outside of an Iron Man suit, it doesn't matter. He's the MVP because in this movie he proves that he doesn't need any of those things. As Chris said earlier, he he answers Cap's question from Avengers. He doesn't need to have the suit on to be the hero. He, his big brain is the <laughs> hero. So, that's what I got.
0: Yeah, um... It's kind of boring. I actually went into this wanting to not pick Tony Stark as the MVP. And I, man, if not for Trevor Slattery, it would have been The Mandarin.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I, I, I thought about The Kid, and I thought about. I, no, it's Tony Stark. It, the movie's about Tony Stark, <laughs> and if I
3: like the movie, it's Tony Stark. Yeah, I don't have anything to add, but I, we said it all earlier. Tony Stark, this is his movie.
2: But for those of us that don't necessarily enjoy Tony Stark in this movie, the winner is very clear. It's the kid. This kid, anytime he's on screen, steals the show. He is adorable. And he takes a verbal beating from Tony and still is so chipper about it. In fact, he fights back. And while I don't necessarily like the first few lines that are given to him, specifically one line, which we've said the word over and over and over again, enough to give the Sound Lord an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I've been checking that explicitly. And Lord's bonus. mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I think his chemistry sets off, and I think Robbie made an astute point that it sets off, and maybe it was Chris that made this astute point, that it sets off a, a, a pattern of Tony being a father figure to characters in the MCU. I mean, he, he, next up comes Spider-Man, where he you know is essentially a father figure to Spider-Man, and he's very successful in that role. I guess not necessarily successful. Successful is not, probably not the best word, but the, the, the role works well for him and then he ends up having his own his own child and you know sort of finishes that that arc of his story um, and i think this kid is an is integral like i don't think if we had if we didn't have this kid we wouldn't have the relationship that we have right now with him and peter or him and his daughter like i don't think those come like without this the other ones don't exist
1: but we don't we don't have that relationship anymore for reasons
2: can we stop being sad about Spider-Man and just appreciate <laughs> the time we got with him? He's not gone. That was not a. That
1: was
0: not a sad about Spider-Man.
2: Oh, that was Tony. Tony's dead. Got it. Okay.
1: Tony's sad about
0: Tony. I'm in an anticipation Saturday. for the kid to be your MVP of Endgame as well.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now that we've already talked, Robbie's talked about this a lot, but the movie kind of feels weird in the MCU in hindsight, as you think about it, because it just sort of. I don't know. It's its own sort of contained thing, even though it's a global catastrophe. Thor the Dark World has the excuse that it's on a different planet. So you can do all these crazy things, but you're not actually on Earth. But all this bombing and stuff is happening on Earth. So it makes it weird that certain people aren't getting involved.
0: Also, it doesn't in any way really advance the MCU at all. If anything, it kind of like what it does just gets ignored. Like, like its advancement is Tony Stark learns he doesn't need his armor. And then from now on, Tony Stark will have his armor. Again, not a complaint, but this movie almost just kind of doesn't really do anything for the MCU. It does, I think, does a lot for making a good trilogy of Iron Man movies, but that's Mm it.
3: Yeah, this was very much the, well, if he doesn't come back, we gotta have it wrapped up in a satisfying way. And if he hadn't come back, it would have been wrapped up in a satisfying way. It's certainly much better that he did come back. And future mu- movies actually kind of struggle I think with this movie Civil War I think retroactively takes a look back at well he gave the suits and then he came and then he rejoined the Avengers to go do things and, and Tony talks about how I tried to quit and I kept coming back and it's almost like he's a suit junkie at this point
0: I will say one thing I think this does do a good job subtly that the MCU um, expands on is Tony's PTSD because the Tony Stark in this movie, I absolutely buy as the Tony Stark who over freaks out about his friends dying and invents Ultron. Yeah. And over yeah. freaks out about his friends dying and goes to space to fight Thanos. And over freaks out about people dying and signs the Superhero Registration Act. Like like the PTSD, the, the, PTS, the post Battle of New York PTSD in this, I think is a major fuel for the Tony Stark character in the future movies. Oh, that's yeah. That's really just about it. It's
3: a great point.
1: I don't have anything new to say. Just just watch this movie. When you watch this movie, everybody, don't even think about the rest of the MCU. Just watch it and have a good time. Watch all these awesome fight scenes.
2: Enjoy. Peaches. And the best credits. What are you going to rate this movie? Oh, they're so good. The credits are so good
1: uh i'm gonna throw a lot of numbers at you at all at once it's Confusing to look. so listen <laughs> listen listen very carefully to my rating i am giving iron man 3 8 7 11 scratchers out of 10
0: i like that i'm giving what about you, i'm giving Ty? it 7.5 exploding christmas ornaments out of 10
3: i'm giving it 8 out of 10 cranberries uh, which, to explain that, because we didn't actually talk about it, Jarvis is amazing in this movie. He's super sassy for whatever reason. And when he's broken, Tony checks in on him and he says, I seem to be doing well, but I, I'll get to the end of the sentence and say the wrong cranberry. And that is my favorite line in the movie. And that's all. Eduardo! <laughs> well,
2: we had to get here, didn't we? Yuck. No, we didn't. I'm going to tune are out
3: you say this number.
2: I am giving Iron Man 3 five and a half addresses given out for literally no reason out of 10. (laughs) Which puts it as dead last on my list of MCU movies so far. I liked Thor more than this. I even liked Iron Man 2 more than this. I obviously have a soft spot in my heart for Incredible Hulk. But this movie just isn't interesting to me. There are some interesting moments. I think there are some cool scenes, but I've already spoken enough about it, but I just think this movie is missing something for me. And I think if I think about it, it's the figure to play off of Tony. I think Tony works best as a character that lifts others up. And in this movie, he is just lifting himself up, which to me seems almost self-serving. And I don't find that an enjoyable experience to watch. Now, now that I've brought down the mood, you guys bring it up again.
3: All right. I I actually have this slotted in right in the middle, apparently. Uh, Avengers, Cap, Thor, Iron Man 3, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Hulk. I actually have this as my favorite of the Iron Man movies. So,
0: interestingly, this is like the inverse of Thor where like I saw Thor and it's like, oh, I like this more than I remembered. As much as I spent this whole podcast defending this movie from Eduardo, I did like it less than i remembered when this came out it was more like do i like this as much as the avengers and no i don't i do not like this as much as the avengers um but i do still really like it um i'm going avengers thor iron man iron man 3 and it's close uh captain america just to make chris mad incredible hulk iron man 2
1: wow i can't believe you have capped that low i mean i guess i can believe it because i've been podcasting (laughs) this
2: whole time
1: I have Avengers still at the top and then Iron Man, Iron Man 3, and then the rest of the order. I could at any point, depending on my mood, I could switch Iron Man 3 and Iron Man where the list is right now and be okay with it because while Iron Man has a more solid and believable and less plot-holy story and it contributes still to the MCU, Iron Man 3 is just so much fun to watch for me. I forgot how much fun that I had watching the movie so it it's pretty high on the list for me right
0: now hold on there mr peach man the only mr peach the only i can't believe you have captain america that low but difference between us is thor <laughs> <laughs> like it's just that i have thor high it's not that i have captain america low. oh i know
1: but 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 when you called out like sorry sound lord after putting it down oh. there i that makes me feel like you're going to keep it down low uh and let me see your hips swing. it will be
0: above black
3: panther Oh, wow. Now you have to apologize to Eduardo. Whoa. End the
0: show.
1: End the show right now. End the show. Cut it off. Eduardo, snap out of it, man.
2: End the show. Okay. We're going to end the show. <laughs> before the world loses, Assembler Requires Writer. That's going to do it for this week, everybody. Even though we had to sit through this awful movie, we did it together. We did it as a team. And I appreciate you what guys. What a
3: contentious episode this was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh to my so God. Hard to stay cool. I, I can't wait for people to listen to the Helicarrier part and be like, man, they're really disagreeing here. Y'all haven't seen you nothing yet.
3: is <laughs> <know. laughs> child's play compared to this. I cannot yeah. believe...
0: How long we recorded the Iron Man 3 episode. That's what you said about the Iron Man 2 episode. <laughs> yeah, true. But we cut content out of this one.
2: This one didn't have character introduction. Wait, he's, we're, he, we're he not, didn't say goodbye We're, yet. we're, not, we're not done I mean, yet. We're not done.
1: We're still yeah. recording. This show is still Oh, my goodness.
2: On. All right. Well, that's going to do it for myself, for Peaches, uh, for Chris, and for Robbie. You can find Peaches, D underscore Peaches. You can find Chris over at Gate 2010, Robbie, Phil Kid 3, and myself at ABCDEduardo1. If you want to email the show, email the show at assemblyrequiredcast at gml.com. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter, assemblycast on Twitter. So that's going to do it for all of us here. We love you, 3000, everybody. See you next time.
3: You ever think about the implication that uh, Happy mentions the Super Friends, which means that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the TV show Super Friends existed? (laughs) No, I didn't think about that. Well, I think about it all the time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's all I think
3: about.